You're listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. Fellowship Baptist Church is located in Clark Lake, Michigan. Today's message is part of a series called Rooted in Christ by Pastor Daniel White. Now let's prepare our hearts as Pastor White brings forth God's truths from his word today. I can't even begin to count the number of scriptures that we will be considering here this evening. And I will have to move very, very quickly through this lesson. This is actually probably a two-part lesson. Uh, But next week, uh, Brent Strofe, Pastor Strofe, will be here with us and will be preaching uh, the Wednesday night service. And so I need to get this all into tonight. Past couple weeks, we've been looking at the importance of developing convictions in your life and then living out those convictions. Now tonight, I want to talk about uh, standing up for what is right with those convictions that the Lord has given you based on the... Ten Commandments, we need to stand up for what is right. We live in a crooked and perverse generation, and it's getting worse every day. And let me say something to you here tonight. We are losing the nation we love, and we're losing it quickly. I believe one of the reasons that we're losing our nation, and we've completely lost our moral compass is because we, as the children of God, have not stood up for what is right. We have capitulated with the left. We have given up many of what we said were our convictions. I'm so thankful for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, aren't you? I love love the book of Daniel. Uh, Chapter 3, verse 1. Nebuchadnezzar the king made an image of gold whose height was three score cubits and the breadth thereof six cubits. He set it up in the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. This was an image of who? Himself. Not that he struggled with pride. Verse 5. That at the time ye hear the sound of the cornet, the flute, the harp, the sackbut, the psaltery, the dulcimer, and all kinds of music, ye shall fall down and worship the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king hath set up. And whoso falleth not down and worship shall the same hour be cast into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Verse 16. Three men left standing. Standing up for what is right. And Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. They were very respectful in the way that they addressed the king. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thy hand, O king. But if not, but if not, Be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Oh, that we would be men and women with that kind of courage to stand for what is right in the face of a fiery furnace. A lady by the name of Catherine Moore was... This was back in February of this year. She was one of the coordinators of a conference that was held in Washington at the National Cathedral. 
among the preachers invited was Max Licato. I mentioned this just briefly last week, and I have had some questions come my way uh, because some of you have read, uh, have read after Max Licato. He's a, he's a prolific author. He's written over 100 books. He's a pastor of a megachurch, and so he was invited. This is an Episcopal uh, gathering here. Um, back in 2004, he preached a message on homosexuality. And that message was a message exactly like I would preach from this pulpit right here. Calling sin, sin, calling it reprobation, calling it an abomination in the sight of the Lord, substantiating uh, traditional marriage. But he preached at this conference and there was quite a reaction to the fact that he had been invited to preach because of the message that he had preached back in 2004, which we would be completely in agreement with. Likely aware, Max Licato preached during the, during the Washington National Cathedral service this morning. First, I want to say that I am very sorry that those who are, for, very sorry to those who are hurting today and to those who will continue to hurt as a result of this decision, allowing him to preach. In response, Max Licato wrote this statement of repentance. It broke my heart when I read it last week, and I know there are some of you here that probably didn't believe that he said it, but th these are his words. In 2004, I preached a sermon on the topic of same-sex marriage. I now see that in that sermon, I was disrespectful. I was hurtful. This is what I'm saying. We have come to an age where we are no longer standing up for what is right because of the cancel culture. We cannot allow our culture to cancel the voice of God. I wounded people in ways that were devastating. Well, I want to tell you something. The gospel is offensive. Amen. To call people sinners is offensive. To say what you were involved in is an abomination in the eyes of the Lord and is wicked is offensive. I should have done better, he says. It grieves me that my words have hurt or been used to hurt the LGBTQ community. I apologize to you and I ask forgiveness of Christ. Faithful people, listen to this. Faithful people may disagree about what the Bible says about homosexuality. Faithful people do not disagree with what the Bible says about homosexuality. I'll touch on this later in the message tonight. But we agree that God's holy word must never be used as a weapon. Wait, doesn't God call his word the sword of the spirit? To be clear, I, be I believe in traditional biblical understanding of marriage, but I also believe in a God of unbounded grace and love. LGBTQ individuals and LGBTQ families must be respected. They are, listen to this, they are beloved children of God. No, you're not. Even Jesus said to the religious Pharisees, you're of, the, you're of your father the devil. 
You become a child of God by putting your faith in Jesus Christ. Mm. It is my hope, there's other things that were said here. It is my hope that all churches and faith communities will find ways to open their doors to prospective difference, difference from their own. What a shame. But that's where we're at. Those who are willing to stand, and even those who are willing to stand alone, are becoming fewer and fewer and fewer. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to what? Stand. What? Stand. stand. Not give in, not capitulate, not backpedal. You'll stand against the wiles, against the wiles of the devil. The fiery furnace. The decision to stand alone unites salvation and our daily walk. You say, what do you mean by that, preacher? Listen to what the Bible says. As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord. How do we receive Christ? By faith. Then he says this, so walk ye in him. How are we to live the Christian life? We're to live it by faith. We were saved by faith, and we are to walk by faith, or we're to live out our Christian life by faith, not what we can see, but by faith in that book right up there. Okay, not going to work here. Without what? Faith. To stand up for what is right requires what? faith. When you don't stand up for what is right, you are walking by sight. I believe God is calling the church in these latter days to a faith walk. As you have therefore received him, so walk ye in him. Without faith it's impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. If you're a believer, the greatest compliment that you could ever receive is the recognition that he walks with God or she walks with God. Can, can you think of any higher recognition than that? There is, a, there is a man who walks with God. There's a woman who walks with God. But what does it mean to walk with God? To walk with God means that you keep him the center of your life. He is the center of everything. Everything you do, everything you say, he's the focus. He is the center of our relationships, of our finances, of our plans, and every other area of life. Give me an amen. amen. The ability to stand alone, to stand up for what is right, comes by knowing that really we're never alone. If God be for us, what? Who can be against us? So that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what men shall do unto me. So know this, when you are standing up for what is right, who stands with you? Christ stands with you. Don't ever forget that. 
Why will believers then not stand up for what is right? Think about it. I had to think about this and write things down here. But, but in my opinion, I'm going to share with you why some people would, they just won't say no. They just give in. They cave. Max Lucado will give an answer to God for this. He caved big time. Submit yourself, therefore, to God. What? Resist. That means stand up, right? Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So why don't we stand up? These are just some of my ideas, and I have scripture to go with them. Again, we have to go quickly. We can't read every scripture that I'm going to throw up here tonight. But it's desire for the approval of men. That's exactly what this is. It's the desire for the approval of men. Not only the desire for the approval of men, but for the acceptance of men. Someone should, someone, he should have known that to go and speak at a conference that's uh, promoted by the Episcopal Church who ordains homosexuals, he should have known he had some compromise going on there. By the way, they would never invite me. It also is a desire to avoid rejection. How many of you like to be rejected? Nobody. We all want approval, acceptance. I don't want to be rejected, and I don't want to suffer. We won't stand up for what is right because we don't want to suffer what we think are the consequences for standing up. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, King, be it known unto you that the God we serve can save us from this fiery furnace. But if he doesn't, we want you to know we are not going to bow down and worship your image. Also, it's the desire to fulfill the lust of the flesh. The approval of man, the acceptance of man, the desire to avoid rejection and suffering, and the desire to fulfill the flesh. How many of you find it hard to say no to the flesh? Now I want to share with you, and I know you're all taking shorthand tonight if you're going to be taking notes. But I want to share eight basic concepts behind standing up for what is right. When you receive Christ as personal Lord and Savior, you become what? A child of God. Not that you are a child of God. <laughs> Listen, Max Licato knows that they are not children of God. He knows that. So why would he say that those in the LGBT community are children of God? Why would he say that? When you receive Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you, that's when you become a child of God. Well, there's a lot of responsibility that goes along with being a child of God. When you become obedient to the promptings of the Holy Spirit, you are then applying God's truth to your daily life. You all know what the promptings of the Spirit are, right? You're going somewhere, you're doing something, the Holy Spirit just speaks in your heart and in your conscience to you, and you go, whoa. Seriously, you want me to do that? You want me to say that? You want me to go there? You want me to give this? I think we all who have walked with the Lord for any period of time know what the promptings of the Holy Spirit are. And by the way, the Holy Spirit never prompts us contrary to that book. Always be in accordance with the Word of God. 
When you identify with Christ, you will receive grace to do what is right. I'm so thankful for the grace of God. Where would we be without the grace of God? His sustaining grace, his strengthening grace, praise God for his saving grace. We say, no, I am a child of God. I am not ashamed of Christ. I am going to stand up for him. When you make that decision, God will give you the grace to do it. Until you, ma until you make that decision, you will be weak-kneed. You will not stand. When you renew your mind with the truths of Scripture, that's why we emphasize over and over and over again in our discipleship here at, at Fellowship, the importance of being in the Word of God every day, you'll begin then to see life from God's point of view. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they saw it from God's point of view. Everyone else saw it from the king's point of view. But they saw it from God's point of view. And when you come to the end of the story, because they were willing to stand, Nebuchadnezzar came to know Christ. We're going to meet Nebuchadnezzar in heaven someday. Maybe Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego will introduce him to us. So it's a great story. Excuse me. It's a great account. These aren't just stories. I'm going to be correcting myself now forever. When you have a greater fear, this is so important. When you have a greater fear of God than man, then, then this is what will happen. You'll start to develop a hatred for sin. This is more of a fear of man than a fear of God. When you love the Lord with all your heart, you'll become more concerned about protecting his reputation than you are about pleasing yourself. How am I going to damage God's reputation of what I'm giving into here? When you make a commitment to live a righteous life, boldness will be the byproduct. The book of Acts is an amazing book, isn't it? Boldness, boldness, boldness. How did they get that boldness? They were willing to stand up. And they were infused with boldness. Some of you haven't experienced that grace. You haven't experienced that boldness because you've never taken a stand. But this is what I'm saying. If you'll stand up in the face of adversity, you will find yourself receiving the grace of God. You'll find yourself being bold as a testimony and a witness for him. And you're, you're going you're to go like this. Where did that come from? That was not me. No, that was the one who stood by you. That was the fourth man in the fiery furnace. When you realize that you're not really alone because God will never leave you or forsake you, you will have courage to stand alone. These are some, we all knew all these things, right? Just basic, basic, fundamental truths of Scripture. That, that church, we have to take them and start living by them. Again, let me say it. We are losing our country. We're losing our churches. We're losing our country. Look at our families. We're losing. It's going gonna, it's gonna to take a whole lot of us to stand up and say, listen, we're not going to bend, we're not going to bow, 
And God willing, we're not going to burn, but if we do. What are the consequences of not standing alone? But thou, O man of God, flee these things. Stand up. Follow after righteousness and godliness and faith and love and patience and meekness. Fight a good fight. Stand up. Fight a good fight of faith. Lay hold of eternal life, whereunto thou art also called and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. What happens if we don't stand up for what is right? How could I have been so stupid? Look back in your lives. Those of you who are old enough to, we've got a lot of young people here. But look back in your life at times when you should have stood up and you didn't. And now you're like, how stupid could I have been that I did that, that I went there, that I had those friends, that I gave in. How stupid. There are consequences to our decisions. I'll tell you what, if you will stand up for what is right, you may not experience the blessing right then, but you will. You don't think Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were blessed when the fourth man showed up? And they walked out of that fiery furnace, free, didn't even smell like smoke? There's a little bit of that story that I think this is what happened. Remember those who were those soldiers who were throwing them into the fiery furnace? When they, when they opened the door, the flame came out and killed them. So, I mean, the Bible doesn't say, but that has to be that then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego just walked right in. There was no one to throw them in. Are you willing to walk into the fire? It's a serious question. The fire's coming. Shelly just, my wife just sent me a, I don't, I don't know, she sent, me a, she sent me a text. She said, you need to watch this. It's uh, John MacArthur uh, just came out. And he's not a prophet. He doesn't claim to be a prophet. But by everything he can see, he said, our nation is under judgment. It's not that judgment is coming. We are right now under judgment. And it's going to get worse. This cancel culture, this uh, HR 5 bill that's still sitting in the Senate that would silence a church that would seek to speak out against these things. Phil, that 501c3 thing that you were talking about on Sunday that still people can't grasp, that most of our churches are state corporations and have agreed not to speak out against anything contrary to public policy, or they could lose their tax exemption? You say, does that protect us? No. Only God will protect us. Amen. And if he chooses not to, be it known unto you, Democratic Party, we're not going to bend. We're not going to bow. <coughs> Be not deceived, God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall, shall, shall. Got the shall there? He also reaped. There hath no temptation taken you, but such is common to man. But God is faithful, 
will not suffer you to be tempted above that you're able, but will with the temptation make a way to escape that you may be able to what? How did Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego escape? By the fourth man. Let's look at some response to standing up for what is right. I think it's very important that we verbalize some things because this is all about giving God glory, right? This isn't about, well, look, I'm standing up for myself. No, we're standing up for the Lord. To say something like this, especially you young people, you listen to me. When Satan is coming with you and temptation is there, I've given my life to Jesus. I am not able to do this. You're identifying with Christ. I have given my life to Jesus. I'm not able to do this. You don't say, well, my pastor said I shouldn't do this. Or my parents will be really upset if they find out that I did this. No, we're identifying with who? Jesus Christ. I'm not ashamed of him. I've given my life to him. I cannot do this. When you stand up for what's right, expect some negative responses. Probably the majority of them will be negative. If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. So expect some of those responses. When rejection or persecution results from standing up for what is right, God gives more what? He gives more grace. But he giveth more grace. Wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, he'll give grace to the humble. Anticipating positive responses. There's the negative responses, but then there's also the positive responses that God will actually use your life to encourage others to stand up for what is right. Give me an amen there. He did it, I could do it too. For ye, brethren, became followers of the churches of God which are in uh, Judea, are in, are in Christ Jesus, for ye also, ye also have suffered things of your own countrymen, even as they have of the Jews. So that courage to stand up for what was right encouraged others to stand up for what is right. I'll tell you, there's, there's one thing that our children need to see. And that's their parents and their grandparents standing up for what is right. Whatever the cost. Came across, I thought this was good. Wrong is wrong, even if everyone is doing it. Right is right, even if no one is doing it. Give me an amen to that. that that's good there. Stand up, stand up for yeah, these soldiers of the cross. What do soldiers do? Do they give in? Do they run? What do they do? They stand and they fight. So I don't want to be called one of those fighting fundamentalists. Why? That's what God's called us to do. Put on the whole armor of God. So these are some areas in which we need to stand up for what is right. No immodest appearance. I heard one amen. I heard one amen. Look in the mirror. Before you go out, look in the mirror and say, am I tempting people with my dress? 
Is my dress too short? Is my neckline too low? Am I exposing too much? Watch what men's eyes are attracted to. If you find that, and women you, women, you can sense that when a man is eyeing you up and down. You better stop and say, why is he eyeing me up and down? Ask your father. Dad, is my dress okay? Ask your husband. Men know what attracts men's eyes. Fads and fashions often violate God's design for modesty. I, I got it. I got it. I know it's hard to find modest clothing. But it can be done. It can be done. I think this is a commitment that every one of us need to make. I will be a one-woman man, and I'll be a one-man woman. Amen. And there, need, there needs to be that estrangement. Wording, I've given my life to Jesus. I am thankful that he made me a woman or a man. We don't even know what a woman and a man is now. We're so mixed up and confused. And I want to look like one and dress modestly. I want to look like a man. I want to look like a woman. You know, the Bible addresses that cross-dressing stuff. Man shall not wear that which pertaineth unto a woman. A woman shall not wear that which pertaineth unto a man. God has set forth distinction between the sexes. When we reject God, what do we do? We break it down. We can be transgender now. You know what that is? The LGBT community is a rejection of God. That's what it is. That's the bottom line. It's a rejection of God's and God's design for us. No moral impurity. We're going to stand up. We're going to dress right. We were um, talking just the other day about some of the things we could do with uh, the young adults and something was brought up about, yeah, we could all take a trip to Cedar Point. And, uh, and my lovely wife, my exhorting wife said, hold it. We made a rule. If you're going to go to Cedar Point, you go when it first opens up or when it first closes because if you go any time in between, there's too much immodesty there. These are just some of the things you got to watch out for. You got to stand up for. Reserve all physical love for after marriage. Marriage is honorable in all the bed undefiled. Fornicators and adulterers, God will judge. See, fornication is defiling God's temple. Understand the value of virginity. I 
There's so much more I want to say about every single one of these, but we got a ton of stuff to cover tonight. Look at venereal disease as God's way of punishing moral impurity. It is. This is part of God's judgment. Syphilis, gonorrhea, AIDS. Discern how the world system tries to break down purity. We keep trying to uphold it in our church, don't we? Seriously, get ladies dress right. Get those dresses down. Just keep trying all the time, but it's a constant battle. Maturity, maturity is seeing consequences of sin and using self-control to avoid them. So you're not saying, how stupid could I have been? That's maturity. Here we go. Unnatural affection. That's where we are today. Unnatural affection. This verse is still in the Bible. Thou shalt not lie with mankind as with womankind. Say it with me. It is abomination. We should abhor some. Of the worst kind. Matter of fact, uh, in the message that Max Lucado preached back in 2004, he warned that if we ever accepted homosexuality as a nation, it would it would lead to uh, like it would lead to um, incest, and it would eventually lead to bestiality. He was right in 2004. He was wrong in 2021. But you mark it down. That's where, that's where we're going as a culture. Refuse to accept the world's view of sodomy. It's, it's being, we're being desensitized to it. It's just all around us all the time. We hear it. We see it. Uh, commercials on TV. Programs on TV. In our literature that we read. It's just, it's just everywhere. And everybody has accepted it, it seems. Wording, I've given my life to Jesus. How could I ever condone or commit such a wicked sin against him? Again, it's a total rejection of God and God's design. He made them male and female. <clears throat> I, I, I hate to keep bringing this up. Faithful people may disagree about what the Bible says about homosexuality. That's what the Bible says about homosexuality. No lustful thoughts. Got to guard the mind. Job said, I have made a covenant with my eyes. I will not look lustfully at a woman. Look down and look away. 
Well, we have to do a lot of looking down and looking away, don't we? Cleanse out all pornography. I mentioned last week, there was a little reaction to this, but I mentioned last week that probably every single man in this church has been exposed in one way or another to pornography. It's just so pervasive. Our, our young boys, call them boys, our young men who have cell phones, guarantee you they've been exposed to pornography. We have to stand up. Again, I could preach on all the damaging effect that pornography has upon a person. Engraft Romans 6 through 8. Just spend time and engraft that. It's just passages on victory over sin. What should we say then? Should we continue in sin that grace may abound? Say it. God forbid. I think this is something that's really important and we need to understand. Back in, back in 2004, Max Licato understood what I'm going to show you. He backpedaled on it. We're going to go up the thermometer scale here. Some of you have seen this. I put this up years ago. I got a different thermometer, though. The other one is a little bit fancier. There's lust, and then the next level is what? Can't hear you. What? Defrauding. Then we step up another level. Concupiscence. Another level. Lasciviousness. Another level. Reprobation. Let me ask you a question. Where are we now as a nation? Starts with fornication. It's good for a man not to touch a woman in order to avoid fornication. Fornication is relation, sexual relationships before marriage. Then we have what? Adultery. Adultery. Then we step up to incest. Then we have sodomy. Then we have pedophilia. Can you believe that this is now being promoted as okay? How sick. And then we get to the level of bestiality. Craig, you're over there shaking your head. It's with, it's with. We got to get back down. No disobedience towards authority. It's another area that we need to take a stand in. This desire, I want my own way, I want to do my own thing, that can't, that can't be how we live our lives. We need to be under authority. Young people, don't choose friends' approval over God and parents' approval. If he's not your father's friend, the Bible said he should not be your friend either. Associate parents, pastor, police, government leaders, and others in authority. The Bible calls them the ministers of God to thee for good. 
God puts authority over our lives. The wording, I've given my life to Jesus and I've chosen to obey him and my God-given authorities. Understand God's four structures of, of authority. I should never drink coffee just before I come to church. Does coffee, like, dry you guys out? I mean, it just, it just makes me parch. It doesn't affect you that way? Boy, it's like a diuretic to me. <laughs> it is. Probably why it is, because it is. All right, we have government. We our work, our employment. We have the family, and we have the church. So these are the four structures of authority. quickly. Satan, like a roaring lion, walks round about seeking whom he may devour. We need to stay under God-given authority because it provides protection for us. This is God's structure within the family. When we get out from under authority, we're where Satan can devour us. Stay under authority. <clears throat> Submission, protection, blessing comes with those who stay under authority. For those who refuse to stay under authority, there's rebellion, there's destruction, and cursing, cursing of God. The Bible calls that person a fool, the book of Proverbs. Satan walks round about seeking whom he may devour. Stay under authority. No disrespect for police. Aren't you thankful for our policemen? Where'd Brian go? He was back there just a minute ago. Appreciate our policemen. Can you think of anything so insane as defund the police? Have we just completely lost our sanity? Don't talk derogatory about the police. Show them honor, show them respect. Do you know how many tickets my wife has got out of because she's so respectful when the policeman stops her? Like, how do you? It's crazy. Respect means submission. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. No disobedience to parents. Whoops. Hit the wrong button there. The consequence of disobedience, the eye that mocketh his father and despiseth to obey his mother, the ravens of the valley shall pluck it out, and the young eagles shall eat it. Have you ever seen roadkill? Yeah, if you live in Michigan, you see roadkill. If it lays there for any period of time, what would be the first thing missing? The eyes. First, those crows will go right for the eyes and pick at the eyes. If that deer twitches, they're going to back off. <laughs> they go for the eyes first. Well, I'll tell you, this is some serious application here. You'll lose your vision, your perspective in life. You rebel. Promise for obedience, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live a long life on the earth. Which one do you want? 
No disrespect when appealing. God hates pride. He hates arrogance. It's an evil way. If you have to make an appeal to your authority, maybe they've overstepped their bounds. We always remain what? Respectful. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, did they, did they remain respectful? They remained very respectful in their response. Appeal with humility and with respect. And they called them and commanded them not to speak at all nor teach in the name of Jesus. And so they said, okay, we won't. No, let's see how they responded. But Peter and John answered and said unto them, whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God, ye judge. What a powerful appeal. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than man. They're not disrespectful in that. <clears throat> no dishonor to pastor. That means you can't roast him over the dinner table. Yeah. Yeah, don't be, you know, that's the thing. You talk disrespectfully about your pastor uh, in your home, and I'll tell you, sometime when you need him, your children won't listen to him. Know them who labor among you and over you in the Lord and admonish you and esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. Guess what? Every one of you here have to love me. You don't have to like me, but you do have to love me. And I have to love you too. God wants every believer to be under spiritual authority. You, you dealt with that on my birthday. Obey them to have the rule over you and submit, for they watch for your souls. No involvement in the occult. This is so prevalent now. I'm going to throw some things up again. It's, it's 8 o'clock. Tarot cards, books, palm reading, fortune telling, Ouija boards, movies, seances, videos, computer games, social media, internet searches. We can have nothing to do with the occult. Period. This was, this was a couple years ago. I mentioned I was in Walmart. And at that time, I don't know if they stood. I hardly ever go to Walmart. But they used to have uh, an area of books right up front. Any remember that? Is it still there? They had the books up front and just right where the cashiers are. And uh, I just went in there and looked at the children's books. It was unbelievable. I should have took a picture. It was unbelievable. It was full of sorcery and witchcraft. Got this warning. When thou art come into the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee, thou shalt not learn to do after the abominations of those nations. There shall be found among you anyone that, and I'll give you the that here in a minute, for all that do these things are an abomination unto the Lord. Here's a list. 
Again, we don't have, don't have time to read each one of them. Pass through the fire, divination, observer of times, enchanter, enchantments, a witch, a witchcraft, a charmer, a consulter with familiar spirits, a wizard, a necromancer, a soothsayer, a magician, a curious arts, a snake charmer, uh, astrologers, I mean, these are, these are the things that are listed in Scripture. What are, what are we to do, church? What did, Moses, what did Moses say? Stay away from them. Have nothing to do with them. How many, how many remember, this was, this was probably a couple years ago when I put up some of the um, films that had been produced by Walt Disney. Full of all this stuff. Full of it. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. We've got to expose them. And here's what happens. You, you expose what is evil, people are going to say you're judgmental, you're critical, you're unloving, you threw them under the bus. I mean, no, we're taking a stand. We're taking a stand for what is right. No harmful drugs. The word pharmacy and the word sorcery, pharmica, same word. Interesting, huh? We're, we now have a drug culture. I never thought we'd see the day when marijuana would be legalized. That's just the gateway drug into other... It's known to be the gateway drug. One drink... One drink can damage your inhibitions. Just one. Someone was just telling me, just maybe someone in here, I can't remember. My memories. I was going to say, my memory's not as good as it used to be, but it never was good. Never was, never was good. But someone was just telling me about someone who uh, took one drag off of, a, off of a marijuana cigarette or joint. Call them a joint, right? took one drag, and he got hooked. And that took him into cocaine and took him into other illicit drugs. Just one. And then that he was the guy saying, how could I have been so stupid to take that first? Now, it's not going to happen to everyone on the first. But some it does. You want, you want to see the effects of drugs and alcohol? Go to Skid Row Mission. Go up to Lansing. Now we have vaping. Young people in our church do it. Look at these articles. Five vaping facts you need to know. John Hopkins Medicine. The ugly truth about vaping. Outbreak of lung injury associated with e-cigarettes. Quick facts on the risk of e-cigarettes for kids, teens, and adults. Vaping, dangerous, available, and addictive. Ah, preacher. 
No evil speaking. I'm going to gossip, not going to slander, not going to give an evil report, not going to have a froward mouth, not going to revile, not going to curse. No dishonesty. Again, we're taking a stand. Isn't it something you can't trust anyone anymore? That should never be the case with us. Stealing, cheating, being deceitful, unjust, a false balance is an abomination unto the Lord. How many remember that? Yeah. Music. Big deal, still is, always has been. Music is a powerful force for evil. Rebellion, immorality goes right along with rock music. Now we have Christian rock, really? The same destructive results of non-Christian music. When you can't tell the difference between a Christian station and a secular station, there's something wrong. There's got to be a distinction. Satanic involvement in music. He was the anointed cherub that covereth. He was greatly skilled. What do you think he's going to use? Came across this verse I thought was good. It is better to hear the rebuke of the wise than for a man to hear the songs of fools. So maybe you should listen to your pastor, what he's trying to tell you about this music before you listen to your friends and go out and... Sex, drugs, rock and roll, guess what? They go together. These are all areas in which we need to take a stand. And having done all to stand, let's stand. Even if we have to stand alone. So if every head bowed in You have been listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. We hope this message was a blessing and encouragement to you. If you would like more messages, visit our website at fbcclarklake.org, where all of our messages can be downloaded for free. Also, you can subscribe to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud. All of our messages are available for free. If you want to keep up to date on what's going on at Fellowship, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, where you can see what's happening happening at Fellowship Baptist Church. If you'd like to visit us, Fellowship Baptist Church is located at 3200 Reed Road, Clark Lake, Michigan. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope to see you back here again next time.